Welcome back to the Health Call Radio Hour. If you've got a question, you don't have to give blood to get the answer. Just drop us a line on the Health Call website at healthcall.live. That's healthcall.live. Or message us on the Health Call Facebook page. Now, back to health and wellness correspondent Lee Kelso. Let's turn our attention to something that we have never covered on this program, even after 150 episodes, and that is fungal infections. Funguses are really odd. They're not plants. They're not animals. They're somewhere in between. Actually, our cellular structure is the closest to funguses. Our makeup is very similar, which creates a problem when it comes to fighting fungal infections once they spin out of control. Funguses are having a moment of fame in popular culture these days due to an HBO series called The Last of Us. It features a spreading fungal infection that turns humans into zombies. And of course, chaos and entertaining misery follows. As wild as all that sounds, it's not all that far from fact. There is, in fact, an aggressive fungus that zombifies certain insects. Now, that's just one of the tidbits I gathered talking with Rebecca Drummond from the University of Birmingham, England. She's a Ph.D. who has studied funguses for years. She's now concerned that our changing climate is forcing funguses to adapt to warmer temperatures, which increases their ability to survive where? Inside our bodies. So fungal infections really have been quite ignored typically by the, you know, um, healthcare institutions for a very long time. And part of the reason for that is actually most of us are highly immune against fungal infections. So our immune system is really good at defending us against getting these types of infections. But in the last half century or so, the number of people who get fungal infections has massively increased. Mm. And the reason for that is because fungal infections typically affect people who are already vulnerable or already diseased. So think of fungal infections as like the diseases of the diseased. So usually if you have some kind of hole or or defect in your immune system, that is when fungal infections can take hold. And in recent years with lots of viral pandemics, like, uh, you know, the Mm -hmm. HIV pandemic, but also now COVID-19, we're now starting to see a lot more of these fungal infections in these types of patients. And some of the uh, treatments that we use in hospitals now to treat, you know, cancers, um, we do organ transplants. Some of the drugs that we would use in those patients can also create holes in the immune system that can then cause fungal infections. And so now we're seeing a lot more of people who have fungal infections, and yet we still don't understand an awful lot about them compared to, say, a bacterial or a viral infection. Sure. And and as we age, our immune systems weaken, so the aging population contributes to that problem. I get that, yeah. <laughs> so this series, I haven't seen this, this HBO streaming series yet, The Last of Us. Mm-hmm. Fill us in on why this brought so much focus on funguses. So the, the HBO series is about a, a sort of zombie apocalypse, right, where um, there is widespread um, infection causing people to turn into these sort of monsters. And most of TV shows and films that do that usually based on a virus. But in this case, it's based on a fungus. Um, and it's based on a real life uh, fungus, actually, called cordyceps. So cordyceps fungi, um, they actually do cause uh, sort of mind control or zombifying type um, behaviours, but in insects. So ants that get infected with this fungus will start to move against their will and eventually the fungus bursts out the top of their head and it looks very scary and and terrifying. (laughs) And so in the TV show, they basically 
suggested that due to climate change, maybe this fungus has adapted to grow a warmer temperature, such as what you'd find in humans, and therefore adapted to causing this type of infection, this type of horror show um, in humans. Um, well, and so how, yeah. how real is that? How, how serious is that threat? Is there really enough climate change impact to, to make these funguses more able to attack us? Um, so there is actually evidence that this might be happening in other fungi, not cordyceps, so not the type of fungus that could burst out through our head. Um, but there is a <laughs> fungus called Candida auris. So it's a species of Candida um, that has really just arisen in the last, say, 15 years or so. So we'd never really heard of it before then. Um, but then people started reporting it in lots of different continents around the world. And what's unusual about this species of uh, Candida is it can grow right up to 42 degrees Celsius. And that's uh, an unusual trait amongst the fungal kingdom as a whole. Um, and so it's been suggested that maybe a warming global climate could potentially mean that fungi must adapt to this and therefore maybe have adapted to that. And then the, the downside of that is it means that they're now adapted to growing at our temperature as well. But there's yeah. a lot of other ad adaptations that fungi would need to pick up. They can't just grow at a warmer temperature and start affecting us because, as I mentioned, we have really good immune systems against fungal infections. So they would also need to overcome our um, immune systems. And very small number of fungi within the fungal kingdom are actually able to do that. So funguses are not infectious person to person like a virus. Uh, I have to inhale the spores and those spores have to establish themselves in my body first. So what is there about Canada RS which makes it so dangerous in predominantly hospital infections, I understand? Yeah. So one of the interesting things about Canada RS is it seems like it can grow quite well on our skin. And so it can be part of our skin microbiome, for example. And what that means is that, for example, if you've got candida auris on your skin, on your hand, and then you touch a door handle or a bedside table, somebody else might be able to pick it up that way. And so we think that might be part of the reason why we see it spreading around hospitals and, and care homes. Um, it's not that, as you say, you're you're breathing on someone and picking up like the way you would, uh, you know, COVID-19 uh, type of infection. Right. It's more that you're just picking up the fungus and it starts to grow on you that way. So if, you, if I have a pick line, a um, peripheral uh, intracatheter, so a line that, and through which they feed mm -hmm. all sorts of medications, that is an entry place uh, for those that fungal infection. Once it gets inside me, what's it doing? How is it affecting my body? So um, it depends on the fungus, but candida species in particular, they do get through intravenous catheters, um, you know, they, they grow on there and they can get into your blood. They'll then enter into different um, organs and tissues and they can cause a lot of damage there. So fungi um, are often shapeshifters. So while they, we think of them as existing in a yeast type form, like you'd use to mm -hmm. make your bread or beer or whatever, um, but they can also form these types of filaments. So sometimes this is referred to as a mycelium if it's a, a mold, um, but for candida species, we call these hyphae. So these long filaments they make are very inflammatory. So they really cause our immune system to go into overdrive and that can then cause um, immune related damage within your organs. Um, and these filaments can also create holes in the tissue, which can then lead to bleeding um, and, and other kind of problems there um, as well. Um, some fungi can also make toxins and these toxins can act on our tissues and again, cause a lot of damage and inflammation. So this is usually what we see happening during an infection. Now, Dr. Rebecca Drummond, PhD from the University of Birmingham, England, is talking about internal infections there, not the more common infections of the skin, mouth, eyes and sinuses. There is a great deal of research now pointing to the toxins released by fungal infections as being a source of lingering fatigue, foggy 
thinking, and other really mysterious symptoms that you might never associate with the fungus. So that's an interesting bit of research to watch. So while our immune systems are very good at fighting fungus when you take antibiotics, well, that can be a whole new ballgame. The big gun antibiotics used to treat really tough bacterial infections, well, they can unleash funguses to torment you. We're going to get into that. And if you have skin and nail fungus, does that mean you're at risk of something more serious? Well, we have much more ahead. But if you can't stick around, I do invite you to visit the Health Call website. And that's where you'll find an extended video version of this interview and many others. While you're there, join our mailing list and I'll send you one email per week with a preview of what's coming up on the next broadcast. We're right back after you hear from some businesses I hope you'll support because they support the Health Call Radio Hour right here on WoWo. This is the Health Call Radio Hour, where treatments are always free, the stethoscope is never cold, and you don't have to wear an exam gown. Now, back to health and wellness correspondent, Lee Kelso. Okay, pop quiz time for you here. What is the single largest living organism on our planet? No, it's not the blue whale. It's actually a fungus. In 1998, the U.S. Forest Service learned an underground fungus covered over three square miles in the state of Oregon. It was killing trees to digest the remains as a food source. The little honey-colored mushrooms that pop up above ground, turns out they're connected by a vast underground network of tubular filaments called mycelia, creating the world's largest known organism. See, I told you, funguses are weird. The fungus family contains more than just mushrooms, of course, also yeasts and molds. And they can all infect our bodies, causing problems when our immune system isn't strong enough to fight back. When your immune system is weakened by age, disease, or cancer therapy, for example, you might be given antibiotics to help defeat bacterial infections. But Dr. Rebecca Drummond of the University of Birmingham, England, told me that can make funguses worse. So that's been a really interesting question and one that I've worked on for a number of years now. So we antibiotics have no effect on fungal infections, just to, mm-hmm. uh, to make that clear. Um, but we have seen um, in certain groups of patients, if they take antibiotics, especially if they're taking antibiotics for a long time, they are more likely to develop these candida um, fungal infections. And this can be lots of different types of candida fungal infections. So, for example, um, you know, thrush or uh, vaginal uh, candida infections, that's been highly associated with antibiotic use. But also the, the uh, sort of more serious life-threatening infections we see coming from an intravenous catheter. So if you have somebody who's in the ICU, you know, intensive care, they've got these, you know, lines put in, if they've been on antibiotics, which a lot of them are, because we're trying to prevent them from getting bacterial infections, then uh, we can start to see more fungal infections appearing in those patients. And some of the work that uh, we have done uh, suggests that the part of the reason for that is that the antibiotics are affecting your immune defences in your gut. And that then uh, means that the fungus can then get out of your gut and into your blood and cause other problems um, elsewhere in your body. And they're growing resistant to the typical medications that you've used over time, right? Yes. So there are um, antifungal drugs available and they're mostly pretty good, but we don't actually have that many of them. So, you know, we have hundreds of antibiotics, but only a handful Mm -hmm. of antifungal drugs. And part of the reason for that is the biochemistry of fungal cells is very similar to the biochemistry of our own cells because um, the closest relation to fungi is actually us, it's animals. Um, Mm -hmm. And so that makes it really difficult to 
actually develop new drugs. And because we use the same drugs over and over again, this means that you can get antifungal drug resistance developing. And in, in addition to that, the antifungal drugs that we would use in the clinic are also used um, by farmers and in agriculture to help protect plants against fungal infections because plants also mm -hmm. get uh, fungal infections. And so fungi can get exposed to these drugs in the environment. And then, of course, then we inhale them and you can get more problems with resistance in that way as well. That's uh, that's just a charming, uh, charming <laughs> concept there, isn't yeah. it? So um, fungus tastes great. You know, mushrooms are a fungus and uh, there are lots of, and cordyceps, there's a variety of cordyceps. Mushroom, the one featured, in, or the fungus featured in the HBO series, they're edible and, and I understand those are delicious as well. Um, what do I need to be concerned about with fungus in my home if I, you know, particularly with the elderly? Uh, there are, you're, you, you tend to have poor vision and sometimes your smell isn't so great. And so you're more inclined to eat foods infected with molds and funguses. Does that increase my risk in any way? Um, I'm not sure there's much evidence suggests that if you eat like moldy bread, you're more likely to get a, a fungal infection. I still wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> sure. I think if well, you've yeah. got yeah um, moldy food, I, I would just um, get rid of that. Um, as I said, if you've got a sort of strong immune system, and uh, although in elderly the immune system can weaken, it's still not going to significantly increase your risk. Usually you need some kind of, um, you need to be taking some kind of drug or you have some kind of genetic mutation that's really going to increase your risk of getting these fungal infections. Um, there are some molds out there, like black molds. These can mm -hmm. be kind of problematic. So, you know, if you see anything like that in your house, I would definitely get that checked out because that means that you're exposing yourself more, you're breathing in more spores. And there is some research to suggest that if you breathe in a lot of spores, this could um, exacerbate asthma or allergy. So that could then um, be a problem there. So spores have definitely been shown to exacerbate sort of underlying conditions. So a greater concern is when Canada overruns your uh, digestive system. We're talking about a different variety of Canada, not Canada auris, mm -hmm. which is the more serious infection that we discussed earlier in the hospital. This is a, a, a yeast that is present in our digestive system mm -hmm. all the time. When, when it gets out of line, when there, it overpopulates, what, what happens? Um, it depends, again, on the sort of uh, patient. So I say people who take lots of antibiotics, sometimes this can cause an overgrowth of candida because the antibiotics kill off all your gut bacteria and then this creates a uh, space. You know, there's less competition for resources. So the fungus that was already there can then start to take over that space. And then if you are then getting uh, chemotherapy or you have some sort of abdominal surgery, that fungus could escape into your bloodstream and cause a very serious, um, you know, infection characterized by blood poisoning and, and multi-organ failure. Um, there are some uh, suggestions if you have an overgrowth of candida in your gut that that may be linked to some other um, healthcare related conditions. Um, the, the data and the, the research around there is still actually pretty scant. Uh, you know, there's not a huge amount known about that and exactly mm -hmm. how candida affects our physiology um, and our general health as well. Um, so, yeah, I think there's a lot of open questions um, on this for sure. Yeah, I, I'm reading that there are a number of um, cognitive problems that can occur with Canada overgrowth and people suffer just kind of a fatigue and malaise that they can't figure out what it is. And nobody thinks to look and test to see, do you have Canada overgrowth? Is there a way to deal with that internally? Do I, are there, do, do dietary changes make an impact? Do I have to take a medication? How is that under control? Um, so I think the experimental data sort of linking Canada to some of these conditions is still not 
particularly strong. So it's hard to say exactly or make any kind of recommendations there. Um, people are starting to look into this more. So there are now people trying to, you know, use very careful experimental models to try and understand how candida might get from the gut into different tissues like the brain and how that might then affect, um, you know, inflammation in the brain and some of the symptoms that you mentioned. Um, but I would say this data is fairly new, you know, like five years or, or less. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're still got a lot to learn um, in, in that respect. Um, but yeah, I, I see that candida does often get blamed um, for a lot of different conditions. I think if you suspect that you've got a lot of candida growing in your gut, um, you know, try and get in touch with um, your, your local doctor or um, even some of the, the research studies that are ongoing at places like the NIH in the US, um, because there are people there who are interested in trying to understand why um, that occurs. Because it could be that you have some sort of immune defect that means that you're more likely to get these kinds of overgrowths. Um, and that can only really be solved with, you know, specialist help. Is there any connection between if I have frequent uh, outbreaks of athlete's foot or ringworm or other topical fungal infections, does that mean I'm more susceptible on the inside as well? Do we know that? Um, I don't think there's really any evidence of that because these are very, very different fungi that cause those types of infections to compare to the ones that would cause the more serious um, infections. Um, it may be that, yeah, there, there is, again, some sort of immune defect that you mean you're more likely to get lots of topical uh, fungal infections, but that doesn't necessarily mean you're more likely to get the, the more serious like meningitis causing uh, types of fungal infections. Well, that's good to hear, at least. Yeah. <laughs> um, what's the what, what's the dark secret from the lab that we all need to be worried about as it applies to fungus? I mean, if 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 I were a sci-fi writer and I wanted to really frighten people, is there anything worse than than what we're hearing about in the HBO series? Um, probably not. You know, I, th- I think the the potential for fungi to adapt to the warming temperatures is a concern. We haven't seen uh, you know huge amounts of evidence yet. Yes, Canada aurus is really the main one that we we know about. Um, but that's not to say that it couldn't um, happen. Um, I think there's a lot of um, drugs coming out now to help treat um, you know, other types of conditions like cancers, but they do have very specific effects on the immune system. And that could mean you start to see more patients with these types of fungal infections. And unless we pay attention to them and do more research on them, um, we're not really going to be able to help those patients. So while you might be able to solve one problem, you're actually creating another. Um, and considering our uh, treatment options for fungal infections is much more limited. As I said, we've got less right. antifungal drugs, but we also have no vaccines. Um, so, you know, we're much, it's much harder to treat a fungal infection than it is other types of infections. Well, if today's look into the strange world of fungus has you curious... I've put a link in the show notes to recommendations from a registered dietitian with suggestions on how you can change your diet to minimize candida in your digestive tract. That's all the time we have this week. Do hope you'll join us again next week on this great radio station, a radio station that cares enough about your health to bring you the Health Call Radio Hour. We'll see you again next week. You've been listening to the Health Call Radio Hour. The discussion of conditions and treatments on this program is not a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment by a healthcare professional who knows you and your health needs. Find the podcast of today's episode wherever you get your podcasts, or watch extended video versions of today's interviews on the Health Call website at healthcall.live. While you're there, drop us a line to ask a question or or suggest a topic for a future broadcast. 
Join us each week on this station for another edition of the Health Call Radio Hour. Podcasts by Federated Media.